On this episode of Resi Week, Cedia Tech Summits resume. Infocom is encouraging creativity and Apple's HomeKit. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 229, Miniature Offices. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Draper. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my favorite people. First, we have Joe Whitaker. He is the CEO of Thoughtful Integrations. How are you, sir? Doing well, living life. Glad to be on the show again. Thank you for being here. Then we have Amanda Wildman. She's the co-owner of True Media Home and a Michigander. How are you doing, Michigan? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. Thank you for being here. Then last but certainly not least, we have Seth Johnson. He is a software development manager at Blackwire Design. How are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you all for being here. We are going to kick off today's show with a story that comes to us from a residential tech today. If you missed it, this came out uh, just a couple of days ago. Cedia is going to resume their tech summits. These got put on hold back in the early spring, uh, I believe after the Florida uh, run of shows, which hopefully Seth was at, possibly. Uh, But they're going to kick these back up this fall, starting in September in Atlanta. Uh, Vancouver is going to be a virtual event uh, in, in late September, then October in Dallas and Houston, November in Toronto, New Jersey, and New York, and December in Woodland Hills and Irvine, California to round it out. So the the goal is hopefully that uh, by September, this will have lightened up enough to where we can get together and, and, and do these regional events. So Joseph, let me let me start with you, sir. When you see this, when you see the talk of uh, essentially in, in what, a month and a half, uh, maybe two months from now, uh, no, three months from now. Yeah, three months from now, sorry. Uh, Atlanta is going to have uh, a tech summit. Is this something that might be a little too soon still? I will be patiently watching to figure that out, actually. Um, I... You know, I'm up in the air with it, uh, you know, all the time when you all, you know, all the things and the rallies and things, just things that are going on right now, you see people gathering in big groups and then you wait 14 days or 12 days. You're like, oh, you got 5,000 new cases. Hmm. I wonder what happened. Let's add this up. However, um, uh, you know, those type, those tech summits, you know, the, the, the numbers of attendance aren't at the great mass that we see these big spikes uh, in, in Corona happening. I mean, what we're, we're looking at maybe a max of 200 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not so big of a deal compared to the other things that are big gatherings of people, which are actually causing, you know, these big spikes. So that, you know, I will say, I, I like that we're kicking things back off. I will be at the one in Dallas. Um, uh, enjoying, enjoying that. And I mean, I, you know, for for the average integrator like myself and others, um, I think a lot of us believe that you know the small show is the wave of the future. You know the the era of the big show is kind of that dinosaur is on its way out. So 
these regional tech summits I, I have really started looking forward to. And now I'll get a chance to go see some good friends. So do I think it's too early? I'm not sure. But um, I'm going to wade in the waters with everybody in Dallas. So Very kind of you. There you go. <laughs> Amanda, when you, when you see this and, and follow this through, normally I would invite you to the Toronto one since that it will likely be the closest one for you. But I don't know if you want to quarantine when you come across or, or self-isolate for two weeks uh, until our uh, our friendly PM decides to lift that thing. I know I won't be crossing the border. That being said, uh, when when you see this, when you hear what Joey said about this might be too soon, might be a little presumptuous to to make that that play already. What is the backup plan? Is there a backup plan? Can there be a backup plan to doing these live? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, it's good to have a plan going forward that once these things are opened up, we have the opportunity to potentially resume, meet back up. I think everyone is suffering a little bit because we haven't had that contact with our friends and the synergy that you get from having, you know, multiple people together. Uh, we're kind of a little bit with this fatigue with being on Zoom calls all day, every day for everything. And it is gonna be nice to have an opportunity to see people together again and to kind of get your hands on different things. That being said, I think CD has been really, really good about looking at things cautiously, looking at things carefully. I mean, when they had their first breakdown, you know, breakout in February in the Florida one, they actually made the decision on that before they were even told kind of that they had to. Um, about the event. So I think that they've been really proactive, um, making sure that they consult a lot of people about how to take care of it best. Does that mean that first time back together, there's going to maybe be a little bit of inconveniences? You know, for me, going to one of those summits, you know me, I like to give everybody a big hug, you know, say hi, see all of my friends, not going to be able to do those kind of things, you know, social distancing, maybe that means fewer people, you know, can be at the booths or at the tables, maybe having mm -hmm larger space. And I think that they're going to be really responsible in looking at that because nobody wants, you know, anybody to be able to get sick. Um, so, but I mean, I also think, you know, it's a great opportunity, even if they don't, aren't able to do the face-to-face. Uh, -face. I mean, these classes that Mike Maniscalco has been teaching and stuff, you know, on networking have been getting great reviews and great opportunity for training. So I'm excited for people to be able to get to see that, even if it's like the virtual one in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Very good. Seth, when, when you follow this, when you see this, obviously this could have a, a, a greater attendance than normal, uh, normally they would expect because Expo is going to be virtual. We just went through uh, Infocom Connected, which was their virtual, virtual version of the Infocom show. And it, 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 was, it was a good event, but it was definitely significantly different than an in-person event when you see this, when you see what they're, what they're trying to do, if these for whatever reason aren't able to go, uh, I, I'm personally eyeing the Toronto one, knowing that the majority of support staff for this event come in from the U S if they don't lift restrictions, they're not coming in. Um, so if they have to, if we get a second wave, if, if, you know, obviously this is all, uh, grander at this point, but, if they have to cancel these or, or do something different, what do they do that has some, some value? Are, are people going to want to attend a, a virtual event in place of these when we've just had CD Expo as a virtual event? 
I think for the time being, we, we all have to really get used to the virtual event. We may not like them as much, but we, we definitely have to get used to them. Uh, I mean, it, we may be tired of being on Zoom, but that is kind of, it's one of those necessary evil things right now. And I think for our industry, we're well-placed to take advantage of this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we're dabbling, we're, we're introducing more and more commercial and conferencing equipment into our product line at Blackwire, not because like we want to have residential dealers going out and bidding on commercial jobs, but we want to have our resi guys be able to put commercial product into the home. Like mm -hmm. you think C-level executives want to have like a fuzzy picture and bad audio? No, <laughs> they want to look really good when they're uh, addressing their employees. And uh, they, that's something that we're well positioned to sell into uh, in, in these homes. Uh, so I, I think it's a, a great opportunity, at least from that side, uh, for us to take advantage of a little bit. Uh, as for our own training, man, I, I, I'm glad I'm not in the position of being an owner of a company that would, like, I, I just can't imagine sending my guys, my entire workforce to like a little conference. And like, I could take out the entire company doing that, you know, like I, I remember you guys were just mentioning the one in Florida. Wasn't there, I want to say there, there was, was no one break. person. There was, yeah. yeah one guy. People. And no guys that had to go on quarantine before the lockdown even happened. And they were stuck at home, you know, not working, not going out and selling and that kind of thing because they were at that event. So it's something, I mean, you really have to take a gamble. I, I, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic that these events can take place. And with the proper social distancing and, you know, masks and that kind of thing, there should be no reason that it's any different from any more risky than going to say the grocery store. Uh, but uh, I, I think that it's, it's something that we're going to just have to deal with uh, these, these online meetings. I think it's, it's all going online and we're just going to have to make the best with that uh, for the time being. Well, l let me ask you all this before we, before we shift gears for a minute. As Joey mentioned, there's, I think Toronto last year had the biggest attendance with like 250 and that I don't, I believe that was 250 attendees, not including support staff. So let's say round up, go wild and crazy. It's 300 people. I can tell you for certain that the Home Depot I was in on Saturday had more than 300 people in it. Yep. Now it's a bigger space and we're not all crowding around and touching the same speaker or, or playing with a shade. But is there any reason that we shouldn't be able to hold these? All 300 of those people are going to touch the end cap by the register. So, you know, keep that in mind. If you, so the I shouldn't Home have licked it. The home, that's correct. The Home Depot, that, the Home Depot thing, that's a very good comparison because I was there this weekend as well. Um, and, you, you know, I, I see that kind of thing. But, but even, you know, the regional event, the thing with the regional event that I keep coming back to is, yes, I will probably wear a mask. Everybody knows I'm big on, you know, personal protection is huge for us. Um, but if you've ever been through a Chinese uh, air, uh, airport in China, same thing, all right? Everybody's been wearing masks in that airport for, for a freaking decade. You know, I was shocked the first time I saw it, but now I leave my house and it's kind of it's kind of that same thing. It's, it's not so much different. It's just a different plan or mindsets. I think, I personally think all of them will have around 200 people. And I, in my personal perspective, is only 50% will actually be as safe as they really need to be. That's fantastic. Putting it out there. I like you it. Know, 
I think, Matt, we, we can watch some of the stuff, too, coming up. I have a senior this year who graduated this year. So I think watching what some of even these schools and things are mm -hmm. doing for graduations and because they're getting groups of people together. I mean, my daughter's class alone is over 300 students. And so they're limiting, you know, the number of parents that can come and family members. And then they're also going to a larger space and there's going to be certain protocols in place. But I think we're going to be able to learn from those kind of events, too, as those events open up this summer and kind of see what happens so i think it's going to be really important that we watch you know other maybe small events we aren't going to see those big corporate events you know the big expo anymore right now but we can learn from these like smaller events graduations and and things like that and uh learn if people are getting sick right away and those events are much more focused like you can have a very focused message on these smaller events and i, I exactly. think that the bigger the bigger monies that were going to the bigger event shows and everything those marketing dollars they didn't disappear i mean they probably no. got saved a little bit for this year because everybody was kind of worried about what was going on but that market those marketing dollars are still there and if as soon as these companies figure mm -hmm. out they can shift those monies into very targeted highly specific events for certain people um they're going to do that and and the technology the quality all that stuff is going to follow yeah, very much so. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro Infocom 2020, which happened last week, uh, had a keynote that emphasized integrator creativity. Uh, essentially, go check this out. It, it's written by uh, my good friend, Craig McCormick. Uh, he covers a lot of really interesting things, but specifically... <laughs> He touches on the fact that uh, Dave Labuskis, the CEO of, of Vixa, uh, in his opening remarks, talked about how this is going to be different, but it's giving us an opportunity to engage with customers differently, and it's going to demand creativity on our part to not only bring crowds back, but to also get people back working again. Amanda, let me start with, with you on this. You and I have had multiple conversations about uh, how we have to be a little bit more creative in our in our business life and in our uh, companies to you know really provide better solutions to our clients. When you see this, when you see this article, and obviously it's it, it's coming from the CEO of Avixa, but let let's be honest, it, they're they're very similar in this sense. Their clientele versus our clientele, and heck, half the time, their clients are also our clients. When you when you see this and, and, and you see this this push for for creativity, what can you take away from that? Is that just a pie in the sky ideal? Well, first of all, I'd love to say kudos to David on having this awesome positive attitude about it. I think it's so easy to have kind of like this Eeyore gloomy doomy outlook. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, he's talking about, you know, that there's opportunities and being successful and being creative and thinking outside of the box and stretching yourself a little bit that I think is awesome, first of all. And um, kind of to follow up with that too is they just did a uh, webinar, actually Peter A. Let, I think it was a webinar or a podcast on the five pivot points um, for CEDIA. Um, and it was just, it was awesome because it was all talking about how you don't have to change necessarily, you know, the, the vision and what it is that you want for your business and what your goals are, but maybe you change the way you go about doing that and look for opportunities. And one of my favorite ones that I love, and this ties in great with Cedia and Avixa is he mentions in there, you know, maybe our expertise in the home can be 
an asset to the IT departments for the larger companies where we can start forging and building those relationships with the IT companies of, you know, larger corporations and say, hey, what are your needs for this, you know, executive in their home and let us craft it. We're uniquely gifted to be able to set up in their home. And so like during this entire quarantine time, I've been spending as much time as I can trying to get to know a lot of people more on the commercial side and the Avixa side and, and learn their expertise. What are they doing in classrooms that I can learn from for if someone has to learn from home? Um, so how can I set that environment up? And I think that, you know, we're going to start seeing our two asides, I guess, Avixa and Cedia become even closer. And those that embrace those relationships are really going to see opportunity where we can work together. Yeah, very good. Seth, when you when you see this, when you see what's going on, one of the things that not only Amanda just mentioned, but they talk about in the article, and and they uh, Dave talked about last week on on our AV Week podcast, was how uh, essentially companies really need to 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 pivot a little bit. Do you see this as something where we actually need to pivot or just shift? I I I, I get concerned that people are looking at this and, and they're literally changing their company direction, you know, 160 degrees, 180 degrees, opposed to just, you know, adding a new vertical that, that makes a little bit of sense right now, but may not make sense in the future. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if there, is there necessarily a big difference between the two, but like, I, I wouldn't say 180 degree difference, like don't run out tomorrow and, and suddenly become a commercial integrator. If you're only doing been doing Resi for the last ten years, do it. Do what you know. Um, but I, but you know as well as I do that an integrator going into uh, a C level executive's house has the opportunity to go ahead and do the boardroom most of the time. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think the if we'll just say the pivot is thinking of maybe the boardroom doesn't exist at that office building anymore, but maybe it exists in the office at the home. Right. That it's it's all it's all like getting miniatures and miniaturized and smaller, but absolutely go out and learn how studios are set up, learn how e-learning is set up, learn how, how this is being done out in the wild in these larger spaces and see if there's a way to miniaturize that and put it into the home. Uh, I, I think that's a win-win. It, it's, it's all learning. Um, and I, I, I feel like this is for, for our space. You, know, you, go, you go over to like Europe and you hear those guys over there and it's like 50-50 resi mm -hmm. commercial. And you, you're here and it's like 90-10 uh, yeah. resi commercial. So I, I have a feeling it's going to get closer to maybe 80-20. I don't know. Like I, I have a feeling you're going to be doing a little bit more commercial style work, whether that be in, the res, in, the, in a resi space or in like light commercial. Um, I, I, but I, I think, and even for the commercial guys, they're going to have the opportunities to, to be able to put uh, some, like a TV studio in somebody's house now. Uh, so I, I think all of that is coming as well. Very good. Joe, I saved this question for last because it, it, I think it fits you quite well. When you see this, when, when you hear what, what Seth just said, what Amanda just said, the big thing that pops into my head is, okay, so we get this, we, we make this decision that we're going to, to Seth's point, you know, go in and, and miniaturize that boardroom into a client's home. We're going to take, uh, you know, commercial grade proper web conferencing, learn from home environments, whatever you want to call it, and put that into a house. It's really easy to say it. It's really easy to source it. It's really, well, maybe not source it right now. You can't buy a green screen or a webcam to save your life. But if you could, 
if you could get a webcam, how do you go about marketing it and not just adding another tick to your website and say, yes, we do small office, home office slash whatever. How do you go about actually marketing this and, and making this a successful part of your business, not just a little six, six month trick? So, you, you know, I've, thought and I've had conversations, I'll answer this one and then bring something else in from this article that I think is brilliant. But um, you know, it's one of those, I've had this conversation with uh, Dave Pedigo over at Arlex. You know, mm -hmm. I've had this conversation with uh, Mike Grubb, uh, who's over in the Legrand family, but they have Vadio. Um, you know, I've had this conversation of, so how do you take that, you know, what we know in mm -hmm. residents and then, you know, the pro audio side and all that for, you know, conference rooms, uh, you know, you're just little spots to have meetings. Um, but the marketing is the hard part because the tech is there. We have the knowledge. And how do you market something you're not used to, but to a client that or a criteria of client that you are used to? The same way that you market your theaters, the same way you market your automation, your lighting, your whatever. You show them what they look like without it. And then you show them what they look like with it. It's the easiest way to show them that, my gosh, your skin looks really orange. You sound like crap. And nobody can hear you. And I don't even know if you can hear them. You know, you show them that how bad their typical doing a conference from their kitchen counter is going to be like. And then you show them the light. It's the same way we do media rooms now and theaters now and lighting control and, and all of that. We, we already know these methods and all of us in, in, in Resi space are very good at these methods of sales. These are, you have a pain point. We have a technological solution that could fix this for you. Let's put those together and make you happy. We have to, we have to adapt to be able to apply those same sales um, and pitch principles to what is typically a commercial scope of work, mm -hmm. um, you know, line item pitch, which is what we're used to on the commercial side. We need to start learning to talk about these commercial project products and solutions in a very residential sales, uh, uh, you know, speak. It's, it is very, very different. Um, so that's my, my thing on that. But the, th there was one thing that I thought in this article that was brilliant, and I don't want to not say it. Uh, he, he, Dave did an amazing job talking about, you know, identifying uh, the, the problems we're in right now. You know, whether it be socioeconomic, political, pandemic, whatever the case, there's a lot of problems right now. Identifying those pro uh, problems and getting very creative. Mm -hmm. um, there's great points and bad points here. The great points is like our company, we added landscape lighting. Smart landscape lighting. I've had uh, conversations with Kevin Luther over at Blackwire about this exact thing and some other things. Um, but at the same time, when we're in an area like the pandemic or some of the economic stuff, um, we're going through uh, experimentation is not bad. It, it really, what, what do you have to lose? Spend an extra 50 bucks on something crazy in marketing. If you get half a tick, partial lead, you made your money, but now is an opportunity to really step out of your shell, try something out, and who knows, you might find a pot of gold. Yeah, very true. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do what I love to do on weeks like this, which I'm, I'm hoping that you guys like, you may not. Uh, today was WWDC over at Apple. One, if, you, if you've ever consulted on someone 
putting a live stream together, go watch that. That was the best production quality I have seen on a virtual event ever. I'm not shocked, but my gosh, it was good. Seth, I want to start with you because we were talking about this in, in the preamble to the show and hopefully the other, you know, Joe and Amanda can comment. And if not, you and I can have a little conversation about it. Um, Apple announced a, a bunch of new stuff today and it's fun to talk about it right now because it was literally an hour ago. There's no press. There's nothing is out there other than live blogs. But one of the things that they hit on was their home kit and, and, and smart home stuff. Seth, you saw it. I saw it. We chatted about it a little bit. How much potential change will we see coming out of this uh, announcement to where HomeKit is going to work and automate adaptive lighting? That was one of their big headlining features of, uh, of the actual home, HomeKit update that they let everybody know about, which first and foremost, I mean, I'm, I'm a HomeKit enthusiast. It surprised me they even talked about it. There was not even one mention up to that point that they were going to even go into anything HomeKit related. And in years past, they have skipped over the subject completely. So there, there wasn't much expectation going into this that anything would actually happen. Uh, but them introducing adaptive lighting is, is very interesting. That's, that's what we have been toying around with, I guess, in the industry for a number of years now uh, with, with a few manufacturers taking the lead on and making simple, easy to install uh, solutions for our industry. Um, thinking like Ketra, uh, Lutron, well, Lutron owns Ketra now, um, and a few others. But uh, this is a whole new game when someone can go down and buy a $30 Hue lamp or something, toss it in, and get virtually the same feature. Maybe not the same quality, maybe not the same product and, 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 and finish, but almost the same feature. And I, I think that's going to make our industry, well, what it does is it puts the fire under our industry, right? We're going to have to do a little bit better uh, to, to, to make our products as easy to use uh, as something like this. Very good. Joe, this, I, I'm not sure if you even watched this, which will make this question even more fun. Okay, thank you. I, I caught part of it because I was driving back and, and couldn't see the whole thing. One of the things that intrigues me with Apple and Anybody who knows me knows I'm an Apple fanboy. I love my Apple products. I, I'm, I'm all in. Granted, I don't use HomeKit. And I don't use HomeKit because it doesn't bloody work, as Seth gives me the eye roll. But this is also the first time that I've seen them give it anything more than lip service. It reminds me of Apple TV. When they first brought out Apple TV, it was like, here, go have fun. Yay! With nothing behind it. And then all of a sudden with the, the, the current version, they dropped a really effective, arguably one of the best smart streamers on the market today. The new one is really good, yeah. It's fantastic. Watching Apple give this some love in their developers conference, does it give you the warm and fuzzies that they might actually put some, some, some power behind this? No, it's just a really good strategic business move. And, and historically, Apple's very good at doing this. They're usually late, as they are now. Um, the Apple TV was a good example. Seth has known me for over a decade, and he knows very well my love-hate relationship with Apple because he's personally heard me complain about it. But like the new one, 
freaking amazing. They did a really good job on the new one. But Apple always does this thing. So Apple TV came out. They didn't give much uh, marketing love, media love, or whatever. They were stuck on phones and everything else. And then what happens? Roku come th comes through, starts kicking their butt. And what do they do? Now, all of a sudden, they put out a really good machine. It's a great marketing budget behind it. Um, uh, since Steve Jobs has not been the active person that he was way back in the day, and that has been lost, they are very reactive rather than being, you know, uh, proactive. Uh, the same case with this. So, you know, HomeKit has been around for a while. It's been, it's been a hobbyist dream. Um, as Seth will attest to, there are people that can make it run really, really well. Um, I've read a lot of stuff that Seth has put out there about it. He's got it figured out. But... The, the marketing juice behind it now and actually putting it in their presentation um, on the lighting part specifically is they have now watched what Lutron, who is a huge company, has done with Ketron. They've watched and seen what Savant has done with lighting acquisitions and adaptive lighting, buying GE. They see the writing on the wall and Apple is very smart and they let other big companies experiment first. They watch the ROIs. They watch where it's from. Who's buying them? They say, okay, just like Seth said, might not be the same polish, finish, all that. We're going to provide you the same experience, not look quality, et cetera, same experience for a much less cost that you can buy at every Best Buy and on Amazon and at our Apple store. They are very good at executing that strategically over and over and over. And that's how they win every time. They're probably going to win on this one too. So I love that you brought up the experience side of it because it leads me to my question for Amanda as we wrap this up. One of the other things I saw, and again, hopefully you saw it. If not, we'll, we'll try to lead you into it. Um, they talked about their video partners, their, their camera partners, and they didn't name them and they weren't on that slide, but they talked about them. It looks like probably Ring, uh, and again, I'm guessing here, possibly Google. I don't, I don't know, but maybe. Anyways, they talked about doorbell cams. They talked about backyard cams, et cetera. The plugin that they talked about was the, the, the fact that, one, they're going to use facial recognition tied into your Photos app so that if I come up to Joe's door, it says, hey, Matt's here, and can play that back over HomePod, which is kind of cool if you or are one on of your the Apple 10 people. TV. Gives you a pop-up. Give me picture. a second. You're jumping the line. I had a joke about HomePod and how there's 10 of them in the field. <sighs> As Seth said, there's two. Seth's got two of them. Okay. So there's eight other ones besides Seth's house. All right. Since he killed my, my thunder on this. Amanda, <laughs> they have made it so that in, in the, the new developer kit, that when somebody comes up to the door or you say on your Apple TV remote, show me the backyard, it will pop up either in picture in picture or full screen that camera in the backyard which is something that we've done for years in an incredibly convoluted complicated manner when you see a big player like this doing something like this that we've done for years i like to see this as an opportunity to show what we can do on a grander scale how do you take advantage of that without just having to dumb it down to, yeah, go buy a, you know, $150 ring camera and a $200 Apple TV. Well, look, of course, you know, people are always going to look for the solutions that make their lives easier. And as we've probably shown, we aren't always necessarily the best marketers out there. 
Uh, so if some of these other companies have the marketing dollars and the marketing money behind it, that they're going to go ahead and push these products and start the conversation, I think you're going to see a snowball where all of a sudden all of us are going to start being busier because now that conversation is going to have been started because, oh my goodness, Apple has it. They can do it, but not everybody out there can do it themselves. Um, so it's going to be about us positioning ourselves as being the experts to go ahead and help people and set people up. And we're kind of in a way going to benefit from some of their marketing dollars, um, you know, on that and creating an ecosystem. I'm a huge Apple fan, right? And, but I mean, I never wore any wearables until I got my, you know, my watch, you know, I, I saw all the wearables, I saw everything else, but because I live in an Apple ecosystem, I had the Apple iPhone, I have the Mac computer, it all of a sudden kind of made it for the people that may have been nervous about these different devices, like, I have all these other Apple products at home. Of course now I'm going to feel more comfortable buying a product that either Apple supports or has an Apple name on it, or it's not going to be quite as confusing to me. And so I think that our job is going to be, how do we position ourselves as the experts? Because as we all know, with HomeKit, with everything else, you know, someone can go out there and they can buy it. And what are their odds of, of getting those things set up and creating that same experience? For the vast majority of the public, they're going to get it, they're going to buy it, they're going to get frustrated because maybe they can't do it or they can't set it up the way that it was promised. Um, we get the opportunity to go in there and you know, be the expert and really craft it to them, to what they need for their experience. Yeah, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's leave it. Joey's got a statement. I have a statement. Uh, it's on a, it took forever for somebody to bring me this box. We were talking about the article um, from Labuskus and about, you know, the creativity and, and all that going into our companies moving forward and all that. And since you have a Seth on, I have to give a shout out. I had my kids bring me this box. It's from Blackwire. I'm covering the shipping label, by the way. This came from Blackwire. Inside this box is a uh, some thermostats, right? Now, when you have your thermostats at that. When you have your kids bring you boxes that had candy in them, the candy didn't make it down here. But I was bringing up the creativity portion because Blackwire has started this creativity thing where, where they're putting candy and snacks inside the boxes they're shipping for installers, right? Super creative, brilliant. About a week ago, Seth, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. About a week ago, yes, besides putting candy in there, they're also sticking an N95 mask in there. Now, there's creativity and surface and solutions that are going above and beyond. That's that creativity. And the kids stole my candy out of it because I told them, bring me the box, the black wire. I was texting them while we're on the show because that's one of those creative things. I implore all manufacturers and integrators to start thinking like that. Get outside the box, do different stuff. I implore Blackwater to uh, ship to Canada. But that's we, a whole other topic. We do it's ship to Canada. It's a whole other topic. But yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. whole <laughs> other topic. But I will tell you, integrators, you know, you're trying to get stuff like this. I can't. I nobody. Best service I've ever had. Those guys right there. They Love know it. it. All right, boys and girls, let's wrap this up. Unless Joey has another added feature. You done? You good? You sure? Positive? Okay, good. I did tell them to bring my candy back, though. Good. I hope so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's wrap it. Thank you so much for joining us. Joey, if people want to connect with you, learn more about thoughtful integrations, where can they do that? 
can always find us at thoughtfulintegrations.com, at Thoughtful Integrations on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, anything else that we might be on. There's, we're probably on things I don't even know about. And you can always find me involved at uh, Cedia in some capacity or form. I love it. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? Very similar to Joe. Look up truemediahome.com. There's no E in true though. So T-R-U-M-E-D-I-A home.com. And we're at True Media Home on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, pretty much anywhere out there on the net. And as always, also volunteering with Cedia. Love being a part of it. Last but certainly not least, Mr. Seth Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Black Wire Design, where can they do that? Well, Joe took my, see, I took your joke and now Joe took my, uh, my uh, sales pitch for Blackwire. But yeah, snacks in the box. That's what we do. Uh, and masks now. But uh, yeah, blackwiredesigns.com. You can find a host of product and software over there that we sell and ship to both uh, the U.S. and our, our partner uh, countries, uh, Canada and Mexico. Very whole, good. All North America. All, the whole thing. The whole thing. You got the whole thing covered. I love it. All right. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by and visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.